quickly say something controversial. Hello and welcome back to the Pint of Politics podcast. This is episode number 40 and I'm once again joined by Liam Mason. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad. It's all the better for seeing your face, of course. Um, uh, we're also joined uh, by another guest. Two weeks in a row, we've had a guest. Uh, and this week we've got uh, Joe, who is from All Right. Is it just, you just say All Right, don't you, as the band? That's the name, isn't it? You do, yeah, mate. It's just just All Right. It's a bit of a funny one to say. but It is a funny one, isn't it? Because you, you say he's from All Right. But there you go. Well, it's sort of what we were going for, that, because it's just a, a proper common word, isn't it? But it's, it might be too common, I think. Cause, maybe, oh, maybe. Oh, How are you doing anyway, mate? Are you good? All good, mate, yeah. Good Buzz stuff. Good stuff. Show. Do you want to tell us a little bit about sort of your band? What kind of music is it? What how how sort of far into your journey are you? Um, you know, give let the audience know a little bit about it and you know where they can find you and stuff on social media and all that, all that stuff. Yeah, so we're an unsigned band, we're from um Blackpool. We've been going for about a year. Um I'm just a, an everyday, I'm a PE teacher, me. Um and I was at a party about a year ago off my head a little bit and um one one of my mates was like um I've wrote some tunes I'm gonna get a guitar out I said oh I've wrote a few tunes actually so he's got this guitar out and we started playing it was quite good so we've gone from there got a few people in then we thought you know what mate got got something going here so released a few tunes done a gig we've got a few more gigs coming up um so we are only just starting out but to be fair we're getting quite a good following probably only in Blackpool at the moment um but we're getting well backed in the town so so far, so good. We've got the tower. We've got a tower gig coming up in December. Playing Manchester next week. Preston next month. So yeah, it's, it's all going good. Very uh, nice. Yeah, we're on Spotify, YouTube, all all the usual iTunes, Apple Music. So anyone that wants to have a listen, um, just all right on there. And then Instagram's probably our main social media. So if you want to have a look at what we're up to on there, it's um, all right official. On, on Instagram. Very nice. Nice one. No, it sounds like you're uh, got something yeah. good going potentially. What's the sort of what's the sort of ultimate goal, do you reckon? Like obviously probably there's probably loads of like basic shit for like bands and stuff like obviously just like playing festivals and shit, but like what is there anything specific that you're thinking, right, this is what this is where we want to be in a certain amount of time? Yeah, it's a bit of a funny one, isn't it? Because when when we started, honestly mate, all, all I wanted was I thought I'd like, be cool as fuck to have a few tunes on Spotify. That, that was it for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we got that, and then we sold out our first gig, and I was thinking, fucking hell. Like. So for me at the moment now, I want next summer, I just want to be on a load of festivals. So I've got the obviously the short goals, but then if you wanted to ask me what's, what's your massive end, mm. end goal, it'd, it'd have to be to play Glastonbury, wouldn't it? Yeah, I but think yeah. that's sort of the pinnacle, isn't it? That's it, yeah. So just see what happens. But keep Very playing. nice. Yeah. Very nice. More More tunes on the way then. There is, yeah. We've got um, we've got one coming out next week, um, where we've linked up with a local writer and poet. It's called Nathan Parker. You've probably seen him, male. I reckon you've seen him a bit. Um, he's from Blackpool, but he gets shared quite a lot on Instagram and that because he does poems that go viral. Um, so he supported us at our last gig, and we've teamed up with him because he's, I wouldn't say political, but he talks. He's got similar, similar. Um, values of, uh, as us so we, we one of the big things with us when we started the band obviously i'm not not going to quit my job in a heartbeat but me and matt um the lad that started off with me, we said 
one of the things we hate is, is the whole thing of a rat race, you know, getting up every day, going to work. Don't get me wrong, I love my job, but you know, it's being controlled by someone. So we released a tune called Rat Race, it's about that. But and then Nathan's into all that type of stuff as well. So we've reworked that that song and that's coming out next week. So I think that'd be a good one for you, you boys to listen to, to be fair, because it's it's all about the system and, and shit like that. Yeah, that, br- that brings us on quite nicely, I guess, to sort of, I guess, the importance of politics when it comes to your kind of music. Your li- oh, I haven't even asked what people are drinking, actually. I've just seen you have a swig and I've, I've not asked anyone. Absolute nightmare. We'll start with you, Joe, mate. What are you having? I'm on Hooper's Dandelion and Bird up, mate. Very nice, very nice. That's a bit of an acquired taste, that, isn't it? Yeah, I love it, mate. It's just like drinking pop, isn't it? Yeah. So- very nice. What about you? What about you, Liam, mate? Um, when my missus said I needed a couple of inches, I don't think this is what she had in mind, but I'm on inches cider. <laughs> Got two of these before. Great joke. Brilliant. Um, I'm, on, I'm on the Spitfire Amber Ale. Saw it in Sainsbury's. I thought, I do. It's all right. It's quite nice. Um, anyway, yeah, back to what I was saying. Um, so, yeah, obviously politics is, is a part of your music. You've got a song that's uh, obviously about that whole sort of hate or maybe just dislike i guess for the sort of system which which you're involved in and which you're sort of forced to subscribe to i guess um where to what extent do you feel like politics is going to shape sort of music for you going forward and like is gonna um you know potentially influence some more more future songs um so to be honest so before before i say anything um i think Everything that I say now, it's, it's probably my view because we've never sat down as a band and discussed our political views or anything like that. It's a nice little disclaimer to throw out there, to be fair. Yeah, you've got to cover your own back, yeah. Um, but for me, I mean, I'll write about whatever inspires me, to be fair. Um, so if there's something big going on, I'll probably write about it. So I've, I, have, I did write a song about um, the lockdowns and my view on um, COVID and all that. But it's not, not been released and it probably won't get released because as much as it's, in my opinion, it's good to have your, your views and stuff and it can inspire you, but you just need to tread carefully, don't you, I think? Yeah, you especially do. In the, especially in the early stages when you're trying to get noticed. You don't really want to yeah. be too out there and then BBC, for example, like, well, we're not, we're not getting these boys on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it'll definitely, it'll definitely inspire me to write more tunes, but when they, when they get released or if they get released, there's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to make sure it's like uh, like PG, you know. And yeah, so we've got that race one. It's it's more about the system that we've been stuck in for hundreds of years, so you can sort of get away with it. We're not. Yeah. I'm not digging out the Tories or anything like that in that one. So, so yeah, I think we'll see. Yeah, we'll see yeah no, you will. It, that's to be fair. It's interesting you say that because like when we first started this this podcast, I was very conscious of like what what we were saying yeah well then and then liam came on as a co-host and it all went to shit but <laughs> you were you were here for the first like te- like 12 15 episodes um but yeah no it's it, I w- it's interesting isn't it you got to sort you don't want to dilute your own views but you do you have to to an extent because you've got to think about actually what's what's going to be best in the long term i want to get to a point what, what's always been for me i want to get to a point where i can say something and it, just put it out there and it doesn't matter because it won't affect anything i'm trying to do like you know like a sort of ricky gervais kind of comedian he, he can say literally anything but he will he'll still be rich and famous at the end of the day you know what i mean yeah that's it like joe rogan style as well I mean, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Say what you want and it don't, don't matter. 
yeah, literally, it just don't make a difference. Mm. Yeah, to be honest, I feel like, um, like especially sort of the last 10, 15 episodes, I feel like now none of us really give a shit what we say. We all just brought <laughs> out there what we think, even though we've all got like opposing views on things. <clears throat> we just like, we'll say it anyway now because we're all sort of like, not like, even though we all have different views of each other, we're not asked about each other's opinions because we're all yeah. mates. Yeah, I reckon, some people, I reckon some people listen to this and they're just like, the amount of people that probably think that I'm an absolute knobhead from listening to this, but it is what it is, isn't it? They, they'd be right. <laughs> they'd be right, Liam, mate. You are a knobhead. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it, like you say, it's obviously, yeah, going back to sort of the point of um, of sort of politics and how like it affects you, um, Liam wanted to sort of, well, I mean, I'll, I'll let you sort of, lead with this one Liam to be fair because you mentioned this idea to me like talking a bit about you know politics especially in like northern sort of working class areas it's not really my forte not really my specialty no, no. Um, definitely not from the north as you can probably tell by my accent but um, yeah Liam mate, what, what was it you wanted to sort of before start? I dive before I dive adverse in I wanted to say like fucking hell one, one part about your banjo where I was just like this is actually unreal it was when you're getting played at the Blackpool games mate like, that is actually so sick, man. Being a big fucking tangerine, mate. Like, I was all over that. That was so sick. Um, but, yeah, um, Joe, you'll, you'll probably agree with me on this one, to be fair. I've got to be careful how I say this, to be honest, right? So, one thing that I wanted to bring into podcast tonight that we've not really spoke about is, like, sort of the ideology of, like, northern towns, like, deprived northern towns, especially, like, majority white northern towns, like Blackpool or... Like, how do you think, I don't know how to even explain it. Like, what do you think the sort of, like, ideology in these sort of north, northern white towns are? Because, like, if you think I'm speaking out of line here, jump in. But my opinion on it is, right, you speak to people, like, obviously, we're born and bred Blackpool. When we're in Blackpool, like, I see Blackpool for what it is. It's deprived. You see people everywhere. And, like, people can be the friendliest people ever there. People share things. And... Um, like it sounds great but for me one thing that I noticed especially when I moved away was sort of like the racial aspect of these towns so you can see someone who like comes across as like the friendliest person ever to you but then in the next note they're like I don't know have something derogatory to say about like say someone from Pakistan or a Muslim or like do you agree with that do you think and why do you think this is with, with like do you think it's I mean we can only speak from Blackpool but I seem to be, especially when I come to uni, when I speak to other people from sort of northern white towns, they have the sort of same opinion as me on this, that they've experienced this a lot growing up. Like, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, definitely, mate. I, I agree. This, the exact same thing happened to me. So, obviously, Blackpool, it's white. It's typically working class, isn't it? Um, lived there all my life. And then you go to uni. I went when I was 18. I moved to Leeds. And it does, it opens your mind, doesn't it? You sit, you start to, you're sharing lectures with with people of different races that you've never really interacted with before. And, and I think, yeah, coming back to, to Blackpool, I think it's like a narrow-mindedness, isn't it? Um, and, and sort of just like repeating what, what they've heard from elsewhere. So when I, before I went to uni, I probably had some views that were a lot, not as extreme as some other people, like not, I'm not racist by any means, but I just, I might have just thought something because I'd heard someone else say it. it's like an old, someone older at the Blackpool game say something, for example. Next minute, I'd, I'd say the same thing. But and then you go to uni and you start start meeting other people and um, 
obviously it, mm. it broadens your thinking as well, doesn't it? it? Makes you makes you think for yourself a bit more. But yeah, I think a lot of people in Blackpool, I can't speak for other towns, but they don't, they don't think for themselves. They just say what other people hear. And then because they've not been introduced to other cultures and and races and things like that, I think they struggle to to comprehend it. And they just they just say things without thinking. But yeah, go, like what you said there, though, people you, you can proper get on with. Um, mm-hmm. I know people who I'm very good pals with, but and then they've got some views that I'm a bit like, fuck, you know, like what? Yeah, what's all that about? Hard, isn't it? Because these people, like, I don't, I don't want to like go into this into the point where I'm like slagging off my town for being like just some desolate racist shit all. But sometimes, like when I'm at home and you hear these things, it does make it makes you think as well. Like you have a negative perception on where that you've grown up, and you don't want to because at the end of the day, that is home. It is where you've grown up. But it's hard sometimes, isn't it? Because you hear people that you've known for years and they'll just say something that's just so, like, backwards and stupid that you want to just say, like, you do realise how fucking thick that is, don't you? But you can't because it's, like, it's it's, it's hard, isn't it? It's, it's the norm in Blackpool to have, like, that view. So if you're the Yeah, one, exactly. Yeah. You seem like the one that's, People like, are like, what the fuck's yeah. he on about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's crazy. Like, whenever I go back, I always get digged at for like, especially people who've listened to the podcast of that. They're just like, mate, you chat some absolute shit, you and all this. And it's <laughs> like, people in Blackpool say this all the time, but like people that I speak to listen to it that like, I know from Manchester, they're always like, oh yeah, it's dead on and that. Like, yeah, you're saying the right, blah, blah. And it's just mad, like the the contrast in the opinions on what I say on it, just varying on where I am. Massively. But with, with Blackpool as well, well though, you, obviously you have those things and it's not everyone, it's it's obviously small small numbers, but the, the other side of it, so you, when you move to a city, you, it does broaden your mind and you get you become more open to, to things and you have your own views and things. One thing that I feel like you don't get when you go to a city, which you do get in Blackpool, is, is like the community togetherness. I think that's the... Blackpool is... It's a bit, it's a bit like what Tangerine Dream's about, isn't it? Like, it's, it is a shit. It's a shit. Shit all over town. Um, we get neglected by by politicians and all that. Yeah. We don't get any funding, yet the community aspect of it is mint. Everyone knows yeah, everyone. That, everyone knows for each other, and that's it's ours, isn't it? Like yeah, it's ours. one of the main reasons why our band is not saying we've smashed it. We've not not no, taken no. the word, but that's probably the reason we are where we are because Blackpool is such a a, com- a, a, a town where everyone comes together. So that aspect yeah. is mint, but it would just be mint even better if we could could get more people thinking as you should be thinking. Yeah. No, you bang on with that. The community of it is absolutely mental. Like every time you go back, you go on and out and you know everyone. And like, you feel like, every time you go back, it does feel like you're just going home, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I've I've met loads of mates at uni, like who are from London or whatever. And I go back, I've been to London to visit them and whatever. And like, just the way that they act, even when they're in their own ends, is just sort of like, the way that they'd act in Manchester, it's like the, the same city thing. Whereas like the way that I behave if I'm on like a night out in Manchester, even if I'm with like a team of heads, I wouldn't behave the same way as I would if I was like, I don't know, in the fucking armfield or like, or in the Excelsior or something. You know what I mean? Or like even just anywhere in Blackpool, like, yeah, definitely. it's just different, isn't it? Like everyone is just like sort of, we all get it because we've all grown up in like somewhere where I've just been left behind completely by like the, the politicians of this country, like you say. I mean, we had Labour in there for 35 years, me being left-wing or whatever. I'd love to stick up for him. But we had Labour in there for 35 years. The town was still neglected. It's always been sort of the same, hasn't it? So, like, 
people can say what they want, but it is forgotten about. And I, I mean, come to think of it, I do suppose that the reason that like, people from there might be less sort of open-minded about things is because they have just been left to it. They're, the only people that they can trust is each other. So yeah, like you say, I can't speak for all Northern towns, but this sort of ideology and community feel that I get from Black, that obviously we get when we're from Blackpool. I see it when I've been, I've got mates from uni who live in Burnley, for example. So I went to go visit them. It's the same thing there, shit old town, Northern town, been forgotten about. But when they're there, you can feel like that it's like they're all Burnley, six fingers, obviously, but you know <laughs> what I mean? No, they, they, they all, they feel like they're Burnley, innit? And it's like, I'm, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like that, that is, it's got to be like a Northern town thing. I mean, quite obviously down South, you're going to, Connor, this is where you can come in a bit. Yeah. Like you are going to get like more rougher towns and that down South. But I just think in general, I can't speak for all the South obviously, but in general, like the North is definitely a lot rougher than, than the South. I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you. I'd agree that, um, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. In the sense, if if I don't know how you measure like levels of roughness, but you know what I mean, you probably are right. Um, in that sense, but like you say, I think you're also right in the fact that this whole sense of community is definitely a thing that's more prevalent in northern towns. Like you get so many people, and even northern cities as well. To be fair, like you get people say, oh, you know, you know, they're proud to be, like you say, proud to be from wherever they're from, whether it's you know Blackpool, uh, wherever. Like you know, Manchester people from Manchester are quite proud. People from Leeds, where where I live, quite proud. Um, so, you know, you get, you get that whole sort of community element and it's, it's not really a thing in the South. Like, obviously I'm from Milton Keynes and I, but I wouldn't ever say like, oh yeah, like I'm proud to be from Milton Keynes. Like it's not a right place, but like it, it's not, and we don't have that same level of community. Like I don't even, I don't speak to my neighbours really. You know what I mean? When, when I was down there, it's not really one of them places. And I feel like a lot of places in the South are like that. I don't know why that is specific like specifically there's probably a whole catalogue of reasons and some of them are obviously going to be political because like you say I think it is to an extent to do with the impact of leaving people sort of people feel like they're detached from sort of politics and feel like they're, they're sort of left behind potentially due to, due to geography obviously being so far away from London potentially due to the fact that actually it has been the case that a lot of northern areas especially in the 80s and things under Thatcher were just completely left left behind I think that does, you know, in a, in a, in a disaster, I'm not saying that the nor- all northern towns are a disaster, but, you know, in times of, like, hardship, it brings people closer together, doesn't it? Um, so I think there's probably a lot to do with that. And I, I think it's quite... That's, that's the one thing I don't like about the South. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and, like, slag off the South. Obviously, it's where I'm from. But like, one thing I don't like about the South is the fact that there's not that level of, like, community. Like, it's, 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 it's all pretty, like you know, just sort of pretentious and stuck up really in quite a lot of places. London, especially, I hate London. Absolutely. There's, there's no level of like community spirit in London. It's mental. Um, but yeah, I think you're right to basically sum it up. Yeah, so the, even with like Blackpool, it's to the point where like, if you go on holiday somewhere, you could be like the other side of the world or even like at a festival. If you meet someone who's from Blackpool, even if you don't know him, if you meet him straight away, it's like, wham. You know what I mean? Like, you just both get it straight away. Yeah. You both just understand what each other's I, about. I say this all the time. Like, me and Abby are always, like, going, obviously not done it for a while, but going away for gigs and whatever. And honestly, every single place we've ever been, we end up with people from Blackpool. And <laughs> it's, it's fucking brilliant. And you don't even know them. You literally just know, oh, you're from Blackpool. Yeah. And you'll be like, 
you might see that they've posted a picture there at the same time as you, or you might just happen to bump into them. And it's like, you spend the whole fucking holiday <laughs> with these random people that you've never met before. You never even end up meeting them after, but because you're from Blackpool, you have it right off of them for a few days. It's just, it's brilliant. It is class. It is class. <laughs> Going back to what you said before as well, Joe, like, I mean, you'll probably be more surprised than me, but like, I'm not surprised in the slightest the way that Blackpool's backed you as a band. Like, um, it's it's been... It's been good, mate, but that is just Blackpool all over, isn't it? I feel like, especially you, like, pretty well-known lad about town and that, know a few lads and that. And, it, like, as soon as you had a band on the go, I, I did think, oh, the town will definitely be behind this. And, yeah, it's, yeah. it's good to see you on the on the platforms, mate, like, on, on your Spotify's and your, your Apple Music's and that. It's good, mate. I'm buzzing for you to be on there. It's fucking yeah, class. We said, I, I said from the start to, like, the lads in the band, I said, if we're going to do anything, I think we have to become a Blackpool band. So I did say it from the off. I said... That's what we have to like target, if you will, because you. The, the thing with like our type of music, I don't want to like say a genre that we're in, but it's sort of like indie rock. Like, mm. um, a lot of bands that come through with that sound, they, they try and go down like the Manchester route. You know, like they want to be a Manchester band. Mm. But there's so many bands, and there's so many mint bands as well. So it's like you've you've got to try and approach it differently, in my opinion. So I was like, right, well, we'll become a Blackpool band. And then if that works, if they like us, which obviously people do, unless they're all just supporting us, even though they don't like us. But if it works from there, then we'll go and target Manchester and Liverpool and whatever. Yeah. yeah so, so far, so would, would you consider yourself like a Blackpool band, but with like a Manchester influence on your music then? Or would you just say we are a Blackpool band, that's it, done? We are a Blackpool band. I think the thing is with the band as well is, Obviously, I'm into like you or your Stone Roses, your Oasis, and all that. So I'm influenced by the Manchester scene. Yeah. We speak to the other lads; they're actually quite different um, and into very, very different genres of music. So I can only speak for myself there. Yeah. I mean, we might have that sort of sound because it's my voice, but a lot of the writing and, and stuff that goes on behind the scenes, it's it's influenced from all over the place. Like Matt, for example, he's a massive Johnny Cash fan. <laughs> you know, like you, you wouldn't really hear it in the tunes that we've released, but we've got ones that sound like like Johnny Cash. So, yes, yeah. Manchester's going to be a big influence on everyone in it because it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Isn't it? The music that's come out of Manchester and Liverpool mm. um, is unreal. It's not yeah, it's- well better. It's an interesting thing, isn't it, about Northern bands? I feel like Northern bands, just to go back to sort of the point you made initially, Liam, about them sort of backing, if you're from like a Northern town, like they back up like the band quite heavily, obviously, because they're quite proud. I guess they're quite proud of the fact that there's um, there's a band like that coming from their town. And another, it maybe just made me think of another band who I actually saw uh, play Transmit Festival last weekend. It was, uh, have you heard of the Latham's, Joe? Yeah, massively. They've done it with Wigan, haven't they? Yeah, that's what I mean. That's that's what it made me think of. Yeah, they're so they're obviously from Wigan and they started. They still haven't got. A, they still haven't got a uh, an album or anything out yet. It's coming out I think, a couple of weeks. But like, yeah, I think they started. You know, very very similar to yourselves. How it sounds. You know, started just targeted Wigan, nailed that sort of demographic, and then you know now they're they're absolutely smashing it, and they're probably one of my favorite bands at the moment. To be and fair, they are, they are absolutely gaffing it, aren't they? To be fair, to they are. They are literally. I, I saw. I was watching them at Transmit and like. You know, I, 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 they're still like relatively small-ish. I mean, comparatively to other in, to other bands, and like, but the, the crowd for for them was was absolutely class, and like they they absolutely smashed it. Only had like a sort of nine ten song set, but absolutely nailed it. And I just thought, you know, it's really nice to sort of see that. It's quite a quite a humble 
like roots, I guess, for for a band like that. And it's, I suppose, that's the kind of thing that you use lot like, uh, aspire into, isn't it? In a way. Yeah, if we could, if we could do what they've done, it'd be, be unreal. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, we'll move on because I wanted to ask. I asked uh, the the pint of politics followers this on Twitter because I was watching the tennis on Saturday evening, right? Obviously, Emma Raducanu, fair play to her, 18 years old, what the first woman to win a major uh, Open for, I think it was 40-something years. I could be completely wrong there. But anyway, she got $2.5 million for winning that. Absolutely insane. So um, I basically asked our followers, and I'm going to ask you, but I'll, I'll read out some of, the, some of the good replies from our followers about, I said, if you won $2.5 at the age of 18... What do you think you'd have spent it on? Um, so, basically, what we've got, um, we've got Thai Lady Boys, brilliant. <laughs> we've got um, by Doncaster Rovers a striker, <laughs> Coke and hookers, a lot of drugs. To be honest, actually, I don't know. I, it's the kind of people that we attract as followers. I reckon <laughs> that's just the, that's just the kind of people, Liam gets it it's just someone put a trip to switzerland for euthanasia bit sad maybe i should have asked them if they were all right yeah very, very clever man put bitcoin because when i was 18 it was less than a dollar that i mean he'd be a very very rich man now um fags and white lightning um what else pay off your parents mortgage that was quite nice i thought um where do you live <laughs> yeah, it's a penalty oh, yeah. fair. <laughs> Two and a half million for a mortgage. Jesus. He's probably from Surrey. <laughs> and someone just put, I wouldn't be alive now if I had that kind of money at that age. Uh, oh, and so I, my favourite one was actually all on red. Quite. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was quite good. Um, so, so Liam, mate, what would you spend two and a half million on? It, not maybe if you got given it now, but also if you were 18, a bit younger, bit bit less wise, what would you have spent it on, do you reckon? Or yeah, and w- so what would you have spent it on, and what would you spend it on now that you're 31? <laughs> when I was 18, oh, it's tough. Well, now I could tell you full well, like a lot of it would be going on like six months in the Caribbean, loads of fucking rum on ice, definitely. Very feel nice. Like, feel like I've earned that after this past year. No, two and a half million, some coin like I'd have to put some thought into it to find to figure out. When I was 18, fuck me. I'd probably be dead as well if I'd have got two and a half million when I was 18. Yeah, you reckon? So, yeah, probably, mate. I was I was horrible when I was 18, mate. <laughs> what, what changed? <laughs> I grew up and got a missus, mate. Uh, major boring. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, something like that. What about yourself, Joey, mate? What, what, do you reckon you, what, what do you reckon you would of and what do you reckon you would now? So... <laughs> Without directly saying what I would have spent the money on, <laughs> I've got quite a professional job. Um, I probably, I'd probably be close to not being here as well. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of money to play with. Isn't it? I yeah, mean, I, 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 I was quite sensible, but also quite wild. I mean, yeah, yeah, probably haven't changed that much either now. To be fair, but yeah, um, I reckon I would have bought property with it. I think mm. I would at eighteen. Um, I would have fucked uni off, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be become a teacher. I'd have probably just bought a load of property and hoped that that went well. And then, yeah, just... 
What about now? What about if someone was to give you two and a half million now? Two and a half million now. I'd pay off my mortgage first thing, nice. and then I'd um, buy some more property. I think because I'm not, I'm not really clued up on investment and all that. Do you know other people that oh, I'll buy Bitcoin or I'll do this, I'll do that. Nah, I'm, I won't buy Bitcoin. It's too volatile. I don't. Yeah, well, Bitcoin, just just anything. I've not really got. Yeah, or not even cryptocurrency in general. Yeah, yeah, just anything like that. I just. I, all, all I do is I think oh, I'll just get property. That's all mm. I do. Very nice. Very all nice. Probably quit my job, even though I love it. Probably have to quit that and then pursue music. Because I say, throw a bit of money behind the band, mate. Yeah, write, write tunes all day. Probably buy a, a space for the band where that's our awful. Very nice. I reckon. Yeah, very nice. I don't know what I I I, I say. I don't know what I'd do with two and a half million when I was eighteen. It was only two years ago, so it's not that long ago. Unlike, <laughs> unlike you, proper old heads. Um, <laughs> But uh, to be fair, when I was 18, I'd have probably just... You'd buy off. yourself a brass lose <laughs> Shut up, you melt. <laughs> I'd have um I'd have got I'd have probably just spent a lot of it on foot like going to football every weekend, to be fair. That would have definitely gone a lot of it. But I don't know. Now now I'd put a bit of money behind the podcast, I reckon, and the whole like social like channel. I think I'd stick a bit of money behind that. I don't know how much. Just just you genuinely have to pay me two and a half million to go and watch MK Dons, mate. I'm that's a good job. I'm not paying you, mate. It's a good job. I'm not paying you, but yeah, nah, I'll, I'll stick a bit of money beyond that. Get get it going. Get a few more followers. Bit of advertising, all that shit. And then I'd yeah, a nice holiday. Maybe buy a house or something. Would you sponsor but, the Don's kit with pineapple? <laughs> I don't think it's enough. I think it would probably cost more than two and a half million to sponsor them for a year. You might be able to get on the sideboard at the ground. Yeah, I maybe get a little advertising board up. That'd be. Uh, to be fair, they're not my target demographic. Get get one at like get a little notice board at like every university in the country. I wonder how much that cost me. That's that's the that's the demographic in it. Yeah. Like yeah, like mongs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what that's what I'd spend two and a half million. Deaf people as well. That's our demographic. And deaf people. Yeah. yeah. Um, side note: Did anyone else see on Twitter? Uh, Liam, you just got Twitter back. Do you want to see on Twitter Nicki Minaj uh, beefing Boris Johnson? <laughs> Did no one see that? No, I didn't see it. No, I've not been on much recently, to be fair. Absolutely, absolutely mental, right? So Nicki Minaj, from what I can gather, right, I don't really, I can't really get my head around it. And I was trying to last night and like Danielle was trying to explain it to me a little bit. I was like, oh, what's going on here? Um, so basically, apparently Nicki Minaj's cousin had a friend who got the vaccine and his testicles swelled, swelled, swelled up, apparently. That's what he'd said. That's what She put this on Instagram or something like that. And, um, yeah, basically just said... It was basically spreading, like, I guess it's misinformation about the vaccine, isn't it, really? Um, Boris Johnson, like, mentioned it in a press conference. Are you ready to hear this? Mm-hmm. It's so weird, right? So, so this is after Boris Johnson mentioned her in a press conference, said something about, oh, you know, they were talking about vaccine misinformation. And like, he was like, oh, yeah, I don't know what Nicki Minaj, I don't know who Nicki Minaj is or something like this. Anyway, right. It's cringe as fuck also this. I'm, I must put that little warning out there. It's an American doing a British accent. So, all right. It's Nicki Yes, hello, Prime Minister Boris. It's Nicki Minaj. 
um, I was just uh, calling to tell you that I thought you were so amazing on the news this morning. And I'm actually British. Um, I was born there. I, I went to university there. I went to Oxford. Um, I went to school with Margaret Thatcher. And she told me so many nice things about you. I'd love to send you my portfolio of my work since you don't know much about me. I'm a big, big star in, in, in the United States. That's it. That's it. it yeah. Don't know. <laughs> Absolutely baffled me. Anyway, so she did that. Um, and she started beefing Laura Koonsberg, you know, the political editor for the BBC. Oh, yeah, yeah. Laura Koonsberg just put 2021, everyone. Nicki Minaj replies, yes, 2021, when jackasses hang on to my every tweet but can't decipher sarcasm and humour and can't read. Go away, Dumbo. So was that actually Nicki Minaj? Then? That was genuinely Nicki Minaj. It was posted on her official Twitter. I promise. You. I literally, yeah. You can have a look for yourself. She's not referring to herself as humorous. There. Oh mate, absolutely. But yeah, it was very, very weird. I just saw that last night. Someone was like, "Oh, Nicki Minaj calling out Boris Johnson." I was just when you thought politics couldn't get any weirder. It, uh, I think it has, to be honest. But yeah, gone mad on it last. Last two years or so. It has, mate. It has. The world has definitely gone mad. Um, but pff, there you go. That's Nicki Minaj. Get her in 10 down. Actually, definitely don't. Definitely not. <laughs> not a chance. Uh, anyway, right. We'll go back to talk a bit more about uh, about your band, mate. Because um, obviously that's why we've got you on here. So um, what would you say is the best, the best gig you've played to date? Well, we've only actually played one. You've only done one? Ah, oh, right, fair enough. Because of COVID. Yeah, 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 of course, of course, actually. Just after the first lockdown it was, but and then went in, been into another two since then, and gig venues only opened in July. They did, but they did. It was, it was socially distant shows and stuff, and we got offered a few, but what we didn't want was our first gig to be like a sit-down or socially distance. We wanted it to be like go right off, so we held out. We did our first one at the end of July. And then Very nice. Well, I've got an acoustic one on Friday, actually. So it's me and Matt, but without the rest of the band. So we're doing that That's at the Winter Gardens in Blackpool, which is a mint venue to be played. And then we've got um, Manchester next Sunday. Whereabouts in Manchester, is it? Uh, Gulliver's in Northern Quarter. Right, nice, nice. There's a few bands on before us as well, so it should be a good, good little do. What well, time's it on at next Sunday? Yeah, I think it starts at seven. Is it a ticket one? It is tickets, yeah. Are there any tickets left? Yeah, there is. I'll, I'll link you to it. Send me a link. I'll come down to that, mate. I've got no excuse. I live in money, innit? So I'll come yeah, down. I mate. Appreciate that. Um, but yeah, the bootleg gig, I know it's like the only gig we've done, but it was fucking mint. And honestly, it was just a lot of people we knew were there, which is probably the reason we sold it out. But that made the atmosphere unreal. You know, everyone buzzing about that Blackpool thing again. Everyone knows everyone. Mm. It, it was the first Saturday when all restrictions were lifted. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I could have fucking stood on stage just pinging a triangle on my own, I reckon, and everyone would have gone mad. <laughs> everyone, was just, everyone was just buzzing, so it, it was unreal. Uh, yeah. So hopefully next week goes as well as that one did, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's definitely something that's, I imagine, quite, quite surreal, isn't it? Sort of standing up on a stage and having all that 
all those sort of people there and you know were you not shitting yourself a little bit um I wasn't, you know, I was expecting that when it got nearer to it, I would have started shitting myself, but I was just so buzzing to do it. I think now that we've done the first one, I'll probably get more nervous for the other ones because the first one, I was just buzzing to do it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was mint. That one, yeah. the tower's going to be mad, isn't it? The tower's going to be a mint now. It's going to be mental. Yeah. Where is it in the ballroom? Not the ballroom. It's, it's too big for us yet. Um it's, do you know where Jungle Gyms used to be? Yeah, yeah. Not, not many people know this. So just before the first lockdown, the tower ripped Jungle Gym out yeah. and they made, they made a gig venue on floor five, which holds, I think it's just under 800. But then they never got to use it because of COVID. And then they got in touch with us just just before, just after the bootleg gig. Either anyway, they said, would you be interested in playing it? So we were like, yeah, fucking right, we will. So, yeah, it's not, not the ballroom, but it's a dead smart venue and it's yeah, given the size of bootleg, so it's a big step up. Yeah, man. And we've got, got a DJ on after it, so it's a bit of a an all-night type of do, so it should be should be a good one that week. Saturday, the Saturday before Christmas as well, so everyone will be right. right oh, Jesus, mate. Everyone will be absolutely off it, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> that's part of it, though, isn't it? Surely that's, uh, you've got to be buzzing for... What it's all about, yeah. It that is partly the reason why I wasn't nervous on that gig as well, because I was a, in a bit of a, a lively state myself as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to incriminate yourself too much. You won't make it. Don't worry, man. <laughs> um, oh, dear. Um, so, yeah, basically, got a few gigs coming up. That'd be very exciting for you. Um, where do you sort of see yourselves this time next year? I know you've sort of spoke about it roughly, like, you know, where you want to be, but what would we sort of, what do you think is like maybe like a realistic aim and then maybe an optimistic aim? I, I think if we've just finished summer, so I think we'll, sorry, my dog's on one. <laughs> no worries, mate. Um, I think we'll have played at least two or three festivals in the summer. Um, but optimistic to play, play five or six and, and try and get on at least one of the big ones. Mm. Um, obviously not expecting to be on main stage at fucking Glastonbury but if we could get on one of the major festivals even if no one comes to watch us it's that would be surreal you know any, any in particular that you've sort of got got in, in your in your crosshairs Kendall calling I'd probably say as a realistic one mm. um, I go most years myself anyway obviously it's a northern festival and they, they support the smaller acts so I reckon Try and get on that. If we got that, I'd be buzzing. Um, but it's not beyond possibility, in my opinion. No. What do you reckon, uh, living proms? I actually, I actually emailed them the other day. You know, as soon as that lineup came out, yeah, emailed them just explaining we're from Blackpool and and whatever. So, see, see what comes of that as well. Very nice, very nice. Um, next year, they're going to be emailing you, begging for you to come on, mate. Keep it. <laughs> Yeah, things. So, do you know what the other one is that we've we've floated around? It started off as a, as a massive joke as well. On like the second time we all got together, Matt said, um, "In a couple of years, we're going to headline." Or not? Did he say headline or just play? Either or. Anyway, put the switch on, and we were all like, <laughs> "Fuck off, mate!" Like, right, you know, we're going to play the switch on. But and then now that this whole thing, this Blackpool thing, has blown up. Not, I'm not saying next year we're going to be headlining the switch on, but 
I don't see why you wouldn't play that. And played at Bloomfield Road. We're playing the tower. We've we've sold out bootleg. We're in the paper. We've been in the paper a few times. Now I'm thinking, Matt, to be fair, Matt, I laughed at you when you said it, but it's, again, it's... It's on, mate. It's it's on. Achievable. So this time next year, we could have just done the switch on last week. So we'll see. What's the, what is the switch on? That's straight. That's oh, yeah, right over me. Like no, you know, but, not, right. So to explain to the followers what the switch on is, <laughs> everyone knows what the Blackpool Illuminations yeah, are. I, 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 I know what the Blackpool Illuminations are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So every year they're only on for like a few, like a couple of months. They're only right. on from like I think they, they did they switch on in October or November or something. Uh, no, September they switched didn't they? Yeah, they're on from September to like November. So basically. The, the, the switch on for it as it's called they have like a bit of like a music thing so we've had a few decent ones play it over the years who's like the biggest one was it Britney Spears last year or something or the year before I couldn't tell you who's done it in recent years but it's just always you, you, your big pop artists yeah they, they come and play and then like Will Smith switched them on once you know yeah. like turns the lights on Will Smith yeah, mate. Celebrities and, and they have a few bands playing and that, like your McFly's and, and, and all yeah. them have like, played it in, in years gone by. Mm. And obviously we're nothing like McFly or fucking Britney Spears, but <laughs> can, can that local aspect of our band get get us in there? We'll see. There you we'll go, see. mate. You don't ask, you don't get, mate. You don't ask, you don't get. Exactly, mate. Exactly. That's how it goes. That's, that explains the uh, reasoning behind some of the lucrative guests I've tried to get on here in the past. It's not going Why not? Over. Why not, mate? Don't, don't, I just don't get it. Someone might reply. They haven't yet, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll soon see. We'll, soon see. Um, <clears throat> we'll finish up. We'll finish up with a lovely little game uh, that we play here every week. It's called Fake News, Joe. Essentially, I'll explain it to you. Um, we read out a headline. It's political-based. Um, read out a headline. I'll read out a little bit of background to that headline. And you've got to decide whether it's real or if it's fake news. So, uh, yeah, Liam's got about a 50% hit rate on this game. He's all right, but he's sometimes isn't isn't uh, isn't quite switched on right. Anyway, <clears throat> the headline is Rwanda bans plastic bags. It's a headline from 2008. I'll read out a bit of background now. The government of Rwanda has now made it illegal for anyone to be in possession of a plastic bag Anyone arriving in the small East African country will be warned that they face criminal charges if they're found to be in possession of a plastic bag. Is that real or fake? It's, it's a, I, can, I can see the cogs whirring. Yeah. I, I, I think 2008, I'm trying to think when we started steering away from plastic bags here, and it, it wasn't too long ago. It wasn't close. We don't ban them, though, to be fair. We haven't like outright banned them. No, we just, no, like, we haven't. had a yeah, charge. I mean, that's what yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I think this is true. I, I think it's true as well, because I think the plastic problem is probably quite big there and probably has been for a while. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I can tell you that it was in fact real. So, yeah. yeah. You can face criminal charges for carrying a plastic bag in Rwanda. So I'll bear that in mind when I book it for the lads next year. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, no, keep that in mind. mind. Keep no that little mind. plastic bags, lads. Keep that in mind for your holidays. Um, yeah, when you go in there, yeah, I that joke completely went over my head, and I just got it then. Vile man, um, <laughs> right? 
we'll wrap it up there, I think. Um, I want to watch the Liverpool game in 15 minutes. So we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. Joe, thank you very much for coming on the podcast, mate. Really, really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for inviting me, mate. Enjoyed it, lads. Oh, no problem. No problem. It's all, it's all Liam. It's all uh, Liam who uh, orchestrated it. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's your, this is your first guest that you've actually recruited for us, Liam. So, uh, I'm honoured, Liam. I'm honoured. Yeah, man. he is. He is. But yeah, no, uh, I wish you all the best of luck with, with the band and that of the future. I've certainly been listening to a few of your stuff. It's right up my, it's my sort of genre. So, um, yeah, definitely. And I encourage all our listeners, like I say, to listen to, listen to the band there. I'll put all their links to all you like your Spotify and iTunes, all that stuff. I'll put it in the episode description for this episode uh thank you for joining us again liam we appreciate your time i'm an absolute stalwart mate don't worry you about me you're like you're like a tumor mate i can't get rid of you um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah thank you very much for listening we really appreciate all your support we are at a pint of politics on twitter and instagram we are also pint of politics on tiktok as well i tried to do a viral tiktok the other day tiktok i love it four and a half thousand views not too bad. That's all right. It's all right, wasn't it? It's all right. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, we've also got a website, www.pinopolitics.wordpress.com, where I haven't published an article for about a month, but I promise I will. Um, yeah, thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate all your support, and we'll speak to you again next week. Mm-hmm.